right, take your Bibles this morning, if you would. Turn with me to the book of First Peter. First Peter chapter, chapter 19. First Peter chapter 19. First Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. If you find 19 chapters in the book of First Peter, you've got to get a different Bible. That's all there is to it. Book of First Peter in particular, first and second Peter, really, but particularly First Peter, was written uh, because the folks that Peter wrote to were going through some severe persecution and troubles and trials and difficulties. You see that very clearly in, in, right in the first chapter when Peter's writing and in verse 7 he says that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. So it wasn't, it wasn't just uh, simple little trials that they were going through. It was fiery trials. It was difficult trials. It was some intense suffering that they went through. And it says, might be found uh, unto, unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And uh, so much of 1 Peter deals with the subject of suffering and deals with the, with the subject of, of, um, of uh, trials and difficulties. And we're going to take a look at, at suffering and Two, two, different, two, two different kinds, and basically there's two kinds of suffering. We're going to take a look at that this morning. Let's all stand together, if you would. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. You read along silently as I read aloud. Beginning in verse 19, it says, For this is thankworthy if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it when he be buffeted for your faults? He shall take it patiently. But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your, your blessings upon your word as it goes forth this morning. We ask, Lord, that you'd help our, our hearts and our minds, preacher and listener alike, just to be attuned to you. And Father, we pray that as you speak to our hearts that we'll say yes to you and that we'll be attentive to the things that you bring to our attention this morning. I am so thankful that as a, a pastor, I don't have to, to uh, rely upon speaking techniques and I don't have to rely upon uh, persuasive speech and all that kind of stuff that the world engages in. When we have the Holy Spirit of God who convicts of sin and righteousness and judgment, who knows how to comfort hearts when, they, when they're broken. Uh, Lord, it's, it's good to know that uh, there is a book that uh, can do the work is sharper than a two-edged sword, and there's the Spirit of God who uses that book to work in our hearts. We pray that you do just exactly that this morning. I pray, Lord, that you might, would have your will and your way with the things that I say. I pray that, God, that I'd just basically step off to the side and uh, let you do the work in each and every one of our hearts. And we'll be careful to thank you and praise you for what you do. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, amen. amen. You may be seated. These, these two verses uh, deal with, with suffering and trouble and difficulties. And basically, 
it boils it down that there are there are two two kinds two kinds of suffering. Uh, there is deserved suffering and there's undeserved suffering. In other words, suffering that we bring on ourselves through our actions, and then there's suffering that just just happens to us for whatever reason. And 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 sometimes. Uh, it happens because not not just because it just it just happened because God brought it into our lives, but it happened because we did something right. Um, I, I find this that uh, usually when we mess up and then we suffer for it, we can understand that. But the the one that sometimes we struggle with is when we do right and we're trying to do good and we're trying to obey God. And we're trying to be right smack dab in the center of his will. And then right as that's all occurring, the bottom falls out. And, and everything just seems to seemingly fall apart. My heart really goes out to the, the Marshall family this morning. Uh, they are they're truly homeless today. They, they're, their home was lost yesterday in a fire. And uh, that I've never experienced that. I hope I never do. Um, but my heart goes out to those that, that, that do. I know uh, years ago when we were in Green Bay, there was a family that had a house fire. And uh, it was in the middle of the night. They got the whole family out, praise the Lord, and no one got hurt. There, there could have been some real tragedy there, but there wasn't. And I remember going to the site the next morning after hearing about it. And uh, seeing the, and it was in the summertime, seeing the tables with all their burnt charred goods all over the tables uh, set up in the, in the yard and the house was an absolute total loss. That's hard on folks. That's difficult. And it's especially difficult when, when folks are doing right. Uh, but it's, it's uh, interesting uh, to note that there are two kinds of of uh, suffering, and we need to respond accordingly and properly to each. The, the, the deserved one is the one that I caused, okay? Uh, it, the reason why this suffering came into my life is because I made a wrong choice. Uh, maybe it was not just a wrong choice, maybe it was a sinful choice. Uh, I, uh, I did something that it was a cause-effect type of situation, where because I did this, this happened. And, uh, and it was an adverse thing. It was a wrong thing. And that's what he's talking about uh, in verse 20. He says, for what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye take it patiently. In other words, uh, you mess up. And because you mess up, uh, you are beat around, beat around severely about the head and shoulders a little bit spiritually and physically maybe and, and materially. And then uh, you take it patiently. Well, that's, that's no big deal. But then he goes on to say, but if when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently, this is acceptable with God. And, and that's, that's the undeserved part. That's where I, I did not directly cause it through any uh, sin or ill actions. Uh, I, I, I didn't bring it on myself. Uh, when, when tr whenever trouble comes into our lives, we need, to, we need to stop and say, okay, which is it? Don't just let trouble come and let trouble go. Trouble is always got, suffering always has a purpose. And 
bottom line, whether, whether it's deserved or undeserved, the end result ought to be on the other side of the suffering. We are better, not worse. But that will depend upon our response to it. And if you don't identify it properly, uh, it, there's a good possibility that your troubles will grow. And, and you'll, have to, you'll have to endure more and more and more because you're not, you're not getting the lesson that God wants to teach and wants to get through to you. If, it's, if, it, is, if it is deserved, if it's because of something that we have done, then what we need to just simply do is to confess and repent and take care of that thing. Uh, punishment won't necessarily continue if you, if you repent and confess. Now, the circumstances might. Uh, you might have brought upon circumstances that though they won't increase in circumstances, they, they, they have already come into your life and caused you some, some woe and you may have to deal with that for a while. But if it's chastisement, uh, you, you know what that's like. If you're a parent, uh, you, ch you chasten your children when they do wrong and when they stop doing wrong, the chastening stops. Um, one of the things that we, we taught our kids was that you always go to God first when you've, when you've done something wrong and been chastened for it. Uh, the first person you, you confess it to, the first person you get right with, is not the person that you did it against on this earth, but the one you did it against in heaven. And uh, so they, they get right with God, and then they get right with others. And, and that might be necessary. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, but as I said before, you might, you might uh, correct that situation and the, the, the chastening stops, but the repercussions of that chastening might continue. What do you do with that? Go with me, keep your finger here, and go to Leviticus chapter 26. Leviticus chapter 26, and this is a very extremely important principle that we need to get a hold of in our personal lives. Leviticus chapter 26. God is speaking to the nation of Israel. And he's looking, he's looking down the road. He knows that Israel is going to sin. He knows that Israel is going to one day uh, turn their back on, on him. And uh, so he prepares them for it. And in Leviticus 26, look with me down in verses 40 through 42. It says, if, if they shall confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers and their trespasses which they trespassed against me, and that, that also they have walked contrary unto me, and that I also have walked contrary unto them and have brought them into the land of their enemies. Of course, that happened. That happened with Assyria. That happened with Babylon. Uh, they ended up going into captivity. Why? Well, because they transgressed. They did wrong. Uh, God was going, you know, God was going north and they were going south and they, they, they bumped heads. In verse 41, the last part of the verse says, If then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled and they then accept 
of the punishment of their iniquity. Then will I remember my covenant with Jacob and also my covenant with Isaac and also my covenant with Abraham will I remember and I will remember the land. He talks about a, a, an attitude that needs to be present in our lives when we, when we receive the repercussions of our sins. And it says, if then their uncircumcised hearts be humbled. There's no humbling the chastening is going to continue because we've not learned the lesson. And then it goes on and says, and, and they then accept of the punishment of their iniquity. One of the ways that you can tell whether or not a person has a humble heart is if they accept of the punishment of their iniquity. Now, let me warn you, the punishment will almost always be greater than what you thought it would be. You know, you, you, you do something wrong and say, well, I realized I did something wrong, so I probably ought to get this. No, you'll probably get this times three. Are you willing to accept that? And I say that because I, over, the, over the years, I have dealt with people that have, have done things that were wrong. They've sinned. They've made wrong decisions. And uh, they've they've gotten the repercussions of those decisions and of those actions. And they say, well, I realize that I, you know, that I, I shouldn't have done that and, I, sh and, and, and I, I transgressed and I did wrong and I sinned, but I don't deserve this kind of treatment. No, you probably deserve a whole lot worse. And if you don't have that attitude, you're going to be stuck there, okay? Because your heart has not been humbled. So important. Uh, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I, I've sat down with folks that because they have done wrong, they've lost some things. They've lost a position. They've lost trust of somebody. Uh, they've lost privileges that they had in life. And, and this has happened several times where in dealing with those people, their first question out of their mouth is, well, what do I have to do to get that back? What do I, what, when will I get the trust back? Uh, well, when will I get my class back? Well, when will I get my responsibility back? Well, when, whoa, 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 whoa. That's not the most important thing. You might not ever get that back. You know, one of the things that, uh, uh, I, and I, I think guys have a bigger problem with this sometimes than, than ladies do, but uh, a guy, uh, breaks the trust of, of his wife, and she forgives him, but she doesn't trust him. In fact, I, I, you know, I've, I've heard things along the lines of, well, I thought I was forgiven. Yes, you might be forgiven, but it may be a long time before you're ever trusted again. And in fact, it may not, you may not ever get that full trust back. Are you willing to accept that? And you see, what that takes is that takes a humble heart. That takes a heart that truly is sorry and repentant of, of the thing that they did. And, if you, and that, that is, you know, what, what is implied in 1 Peter when it says, take your punishment patiently. You suffer, well, you brought it on yourself. Well, you should be patient in, in having to take what, what's dished out. But what if it's undeserved? 
if it's undeserved, there's nothing to repent of because you haven't done necessarily anything wrong. You know, you look at the, you look at the case of Job. Job was, you, you go to Job chapter 1, it says he was, a, he was a, a perfect and an upright man. God doesn't say that about too many people. But he said that about Job. What is it that Job did wrong? Well, his three friends kept trying to pin something on him because there had to be something that he, he goofed up by. No, he didn't goof up on anything. He, he, he didn't do wrong. He did right. And God was in heaven bragging about Job to Satan when he presented himself to him. Uh, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Well, that wasn't something wrong he did. That was something right he did. So there was, there, there really at that point was, was nothing to repent of. Uh, and, and it's going to very possibly keep coming. What do you do? Well, God says, if you take that patiently, he, he says, you, you get favor with God. Uh, we ought to take it patiently. Tribulation, the Bible says, worketh patience. And what that means is sometimes it, it, it takes place over the long haul. It's a condition. It's a, it's a situation that just seems to linger and go on and on and on. Uh, Romans chapter 5 uh, tells us that tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. And uh, hope is, is shed abroad and love is shed abroad in our hearts as a result of that whole process. So, so what do you do? Well, you realize, you, you need to realize at that point, not why God is doing it so much, but what God is doing. Because you don't know, you, you don't know the why. Uh, oftentimes we don't know the why, but we can always get a piece of the what. What is it that God is doing in our lives? Uh, you know, the Bible says all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. What is my responsibility when I, I suffer and I'm doing something right? It's, there's not sin that I have to confess. Then what is my responsibility? Well, my responsibility is to find out what's the good. You know, all things work together for good. Okay, what good is he trying to do? And look for that thing. That will help you and will help you get through that situation and, uh, and, and be able to take it patiently. What are, what are the results of, of those who, who respond properly? And really... Either way, whether it's the deserved or whether it's the undeserved, if, if you respond properly, uh, how, does, how does God reward us? What, what are the results? Go to 1 Peter chapter 4 and look in verses 14 through 16. It says, if you be reproached for the name of Christ, and of course that's, that's the undeserved stuff where you're reproached because you're doing right. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. Uh, on their part, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a, a, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man 
suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. He says, now listen, don't suffer because you did something stupid. Don't, do, don't suffer because you've done something sinful. Stay away from that stuff. But if you suffer because you've done right, it says, happy are ye. And so we can have real joy if we respond properly and we can be happy and, and God can get the honor and God can get the glory while we're going through the difficulty and while we're going through the suffering. Uh, and, and that really is, is the bottom line. Bible says that we were created, uh, Revelation 4.11 says that we were created for his pleasure. We're here to please God. We're here to honor God. We're here to glorify God. We're, we're here to, to put a smile on God's face. And happy is, is the man that, that suffers for doing that which is right. Uh, go, to, go back to 1 Peter chapter 2. And in 1 Peter chapter 2 and 19 and 20, I want you to notice there's some, there's some steps that uh, God says that we ought to, ought to take. It says in verse 19, For this is thankworthy, if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully, for what glory is it when ye be buffeted for your faults? Ye shall take it patiently, but if... When you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently. This is acceptable with God. First of all, it says, it says give thanks for it. It's thankworthy. Give thanks for it. Say, listen, uh, Lord, obviously you're doing something in my life. Um, you know when I get nervous? I get nervous when everything in my life just gets quiet. There's not, not a whole lot of positive, not a whole lot of negative, just quiet. Kind of like a turkey farm on the day after Thanksgiving, you know, uh, just quiet. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like that because that means that right now, at that moment, things are just kind of, kind of in neutral. Uh, you know, when things get, when things get uh, messed up a little bit. And it's not due to anything that you have personally done. Now, if it is, confess it. If it is, uh, forsake it. If it is, uh, make sure that you have a repentant heart and that you're willing to uh, accept of the punishment that comes down the line for it and, and be humble before God. But, but if not, realize that, hey, God's interested in you and God's doing something. Uh, this isn't, this isn't uh, you know, just let's thump him on the head and see how much pain he can take before he breaks. That's not it at all. My God does not work that way. He's always got a plan, and he's always got a purpose. So give thanks for it. And then the next thing it says, it says, it says for this is thankworthy of a man for conscience toward God, endure grief, suffering wrongfully. Endure it. Go through it. Don't, don't try to necessarily escape it. Uh, if, it's, if you didn't bring it on, you can't necessarily be the one to avert it. And then he says to glory in it, glory in it. And again, you're glorying in it, not because you're a masochist and you like to get, you know, you like to suffer. I hope that's not the case. Uh, there's, there's some Christians I wonder about that because you're very afraid to ask the question, so... How are you doing today? 
and you may, <laughs> you may hear a long diatribe of just how terrible everything is. Uh, but uh, but I'm, I'm talking about when it says, when it says uh, glory in it, glory in the fact that God is working in your life and he is using what you're doing for good. Uh, if, you're, if you suffer a reproach because you've taken a stand for Jesus Christ, what that means is, is if somebody's taken notice, <laughs> they've responded in an, in an ill manner, but they've taken notice, your stand for Christ has been effective. Thank God for that. Uh, keep your finger here in 1 Peter and go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Second Corinthians 11. I want you to look with me in verses 23 down through 30. Second Corinthians 11, verse 20, 23. Verse 23 says, Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant. In stripes, above measure. In prisons, more frequent. In deaths, oft. Of the Jews, five times received I, 40 stripes, save one. Thrice was I beaten with rods, once was I stoned, thrice I suffered shipwreck, a night and a day I have been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and painfulness. In watchings often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Beside those things that are without, that which cometh upon me daily, the care of all the churches. Who is weak and I am not weak? Who is offended and I burn not? Now again, we're talking the Apostle Paul here. Um, he, he was a strong, uh, very aggressive and obedient witness of Jesus Christ. And yet he went through all of this. He went through, went through a bunch of suffering because of his stand. Verse 30, if I must needs glory, I will glory in these things which concern mine infirmities. And you find this more than once uh, in the Apostle Paul. You find it here. You find it over in Romans 5. You find it again over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 where he talks about glorying in reproaches and glorying even in infirmities. And infirmities are, are, are it can be all-encompassing, but it can also include having physical problems and having medical problems and, and so forth and so on. Uh, he says, I glory in those things. Why? So that the power of Christ can rest upon me. Uh, you know, the verses that we, that we are reading for the month of January uh, tells us that when we're weak, then are we strong. Why? Because his grace is sufficient. When, when our physical uh, prowess begins to diminish, 
that gives an opportunity for God to come in in his grace and his strength and his mercy and give us the power and give us the strength to get through. And then we can't take credit for it. Then God gets all the credit and God gets all the glory. And Paul saw all of that stuff, all those things that were going on in his life as God is active in my life. Listen, anytime God's active in your life, you ought to be thankful. <laughs> you ought to praise God. You ought to just, just be excited to the fact that God cares enough for you to get involved in your life personally. Now, the question is this, why, why, why do some respond properly and some don't? Why do you sometimes, why do I sometimes uh, respond properly, but other times we, we respond improperly? Why is it? What's the difference? What makes the difference? Go to 1 Peter chapter 4. 1 Peter chapter 4. And this is really the, the bottom line of the whole deal. 1 Peter chapter 4, and the very last verse, verse 19, says, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Look at that again. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God. And you know, according to the will of God can be either, either deserved or undeserved. Either way, God has allowed that thing to come into your life, whatever it might be, whatever the situation, whatever the ailment, whatever the, the circumstance, whatever the individual that might be brought into your life. But he says, wherefore, let him that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. The, the, the key to that whole thing is surrender, regardless of what happens in your life, of just being surrendered to, not to it, not to the circumstance, not to the infirmity, but being surrendered to God who allowed it to come into your life in the first place. It's the keeping of your soul to him. In other words, he's your creator. Uh, notice uh, that God brings that out in the verse as unto a faithful creator. He's saying, listen, he created you. He knows what you need. He created you. He knows what's necessary. Uh, he created you. Trust him. Trust him. Put your, put your, your faith, put your surrender uh, in, in, in him and in what he's doing. Uh, you know, oftentimes I use the, the illustration when I'm, when I'm talking to someone about salvation. I use the illustration of salvation is like this. Uh, I know that that's a chair, a stool. I know that it's built properly. I know, it's, I, I, I know it can take my weight. It can... It can hold me up, but until I rest upon it and until I fully trust it, I'm not trusting, I'm really not trusting it at all until I do that. Here I'm partially trusting. Here I'm not trusting at all because I'm not even touching it. But when I'm like this and my feet go up, man, if this thing goes down, and I've had that happen, not with this, but I've had, just recently I sat down on a chair in our house and the whole thing just went boom. 
just took off. Um, but that's what salvation is. Not saying, well, I, I know he's God and I know what he can do. Are you trusting him personally to save your soul and to give eternal life? Well, you know what? If that works for getting saved, how about that working for life? Everyday circumstances, Ill, Ill, you know, uh, ailments, uh, house fires, you know, and I don't say that lightly, man. I, I feel for the, for the Marshall family this morning. I've been thinking about them on and off throughout the whole message. Um, but but the, the whole point is, is that God wants us to come to him implicitly trusting him that he knows what's best for us. Take your Bibles and turn with me, if you would, to, to uh, Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians 4. And in Philippians chapter 4, look with me down in verses 10 through 13. Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 through 13. says, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly, that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein ye were also careful, but ye lacked opportunity. In other words, he's telling the Philippian Christians that, you know, you, you sent me support, you helped me, and then, then it dried up for a little while. You really wanted to, but you couldn't, and then you were able to, to help me again. And verse, so it was, it was on, it was off, and then it was on again. Verse 11, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Now, we usually use that verse oftentimes all by itself. But in the context, he's talking about specifically, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me, whether it be abounding or whether it be being abased, having much, having little, or nothing. And Paul was content in either case. Now, to, what, what, I, what I mean by he was content in either case, and what Paul means by you couldn't tell the difference. You couldn't, you couldn't tell whether he was abounding or, base, or being abased, uh, had little or had much, if you met him on the street, because he'd have the same attitude regardless, because he was content. And the contentment is based upon surrender. It's based upon acceptance of God's dealing in our life and, and not on circumstances. Uh, are, are, you know, are there potential problems in both being abased and abounding? And of course, the answer to that is yes. You know, there's so many folks that say, well, you know, if I just, if I just, had, if I just had more money, I would have less problems. No, you get more money, you could actually have more problems. <laughs> it may not work that way. It may be just the, it may surprise you. But the, 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 the whole purpose, whether it be being taken down a notch or whether it be lifted up, either way, it's to push you toward total dependency and reliance 
upon Jesus Christ. How do you do it? I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. You can't do it in your own strength. You can't do it in your own, in your own power. You can only do it through him. Do you, do you know what your difficulties are? Uh, you, know, you know what I find uh, oftentimes the problem is with me is that I keep trying to edge the Lord out of the driver's seat. I don't want to be the passenger. I want to be the driver. And anytime we do that, then we're showing that we just don't accept and we're not surrendered to where he is taking us and where he's taking our lives. With this in mind, just go with me, if you would, please, to Colossians chapter 3. And with this, we'll close. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15. Colossians 3.15 says, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. You know what that is? That's saying, let the peace of God rule in your heart, even if you have a flat tire on the way home. Let the peace of God rule in your heart, even if uh, all of a sudden you get some really, really, really bad news first thing tomorrow morning. I would imagine that uh, finding out that your house is on fire and uh, your family has escaped, but your house is on fire and that uh, the fire department is there and it looks like a total loss, I would think that that's probably pretty bad news. Pretty bad news. Um, But regardless of what situation we might be in, whether it be good news or bad news or anything in between, the Bible says we ought to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. We can't do that if we're not totally and completely surrendered to him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for, for the instruction that you've given to us in your word about how to properly respond to suffering. And whether it's deserved or whether it's undeserved, we need to decide which is which. And it needs to be an issue with us. Sometimes I, I really believe we're being chastened and we don't, even, we don't even recognize it. We don't acknowledge it. How in the world can we possibly confess it? How in the world can we possibly accept of the, the circumstances of our behavior if we don't even recognize that it's chastisement? So, Lord, uh, if there is an area this morning where you're trying to get our attention and you're, you're showing us that we're going down the wrong road and we're making the wrong choices and, and there's, there's some sin that's involved in our lives. God, may we be honest before you and may we confess our sin. May we come to the altar this morning and get that thing taken care of and get it right. But Lord, maybe it's a situation where we're not suffering because of sin, but we're suffering because of doing something that's right, and you're just working in our life. Uh, Lord, help us to be surrendered to you. Help us to to be able to have the the spiritual insight to be able to see what is the good that you're trying to accomplish through this, not only in us, but also through us. 
what good are you trying to do outwardly and what good are you trying to accomplish and desire to accomplish inwardly? Father, the bottom line, regardless of whether it's deserved or undeserved, is that we need to be surrendered to you. And uh, Lord, maybe there's someone here this morning that has a, an, an issue that they need to, uh, it's, a, it's a right, it's a responsibility, it's, it's a, a heart attitude that they need to put before you this morning. God, please do a work in each and every one of our hearts and help us to be honest before you. And Lord, as you speak to our hearts this morning, may we say yes to the Spirit of God. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.